Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show. Where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I am a nurse, blogger, and podcaster. And I am Sam. I'm a nurse, powerlifter, podcaster, and co-host of The Selfie Show. And honestly, kind of a soundboard mixer. Oh, I love this Did you hear that sweet (laughs) intro music that I mixed in and out? Okay, so here's... I feel so cool doing that. This is literally the best. Okay, so (laughs) the workflow is so different for us right now. Like we have... Have this amazing mixer in front of us, which by the way, it's so cute and color coded and all these amazing little things. I feel obsessed. so cool. And so Sam used to have to like clip that in every single time. And now our workflow is just beautiful. Plus, I feel like a DJ. Like I'm just like <laughs> these knobs. Like I'm so cool. Calvin Harris over here. But FYI, there will be some episodes being released in the next month or two where we do have our old mics. Yes. And so you, sometimes you might even see a little bit of a mix and match where our intros, our new mics, and the guests we recorded with old mics. So just keep yeah. that in the back of your mind yes. to our loyal viewers. But these mics are fire. Mm. The ma- soundboard is awesome. It and is. we're cool. Yeah. <laughs> we love okay, this for us. <laughs> but anyways, today yes. we are talking off the clock with one of our honestly like IGSTs. favorite. Tesla. She owns Up at Dawn Compression. Mm-hmm. We have hyped it here before. We wear the socks. You know all about our love affair with Up at Dawn Compression. We are obsessed with her. Nurse, entrepreneur, compression socks. Nurse owned. We love this female founded and Hawaii based yeah. girl. She's we got a new trip to see her. Mm, I know. Oh, how fun would that be? Oh, yes, let's please. make that happen. Okay. We're going to get into unpopular opinion of the week here. This is a pretty darn good one. <laughs> all right. Adding a period to the end of your sentence during a text message is aggressive. Absolutely. (laughs) It's like, especially if you say okay, yes, with a period at the end of okay, I'm like, oh, damn, like that? What what are you trying to tell me? Texting etiquette is a whole thing nowadays. We all know. You guys all know the texter that you get that's like, you get the text and you're like, I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed at you. For that text. Just the way it came across was... I get super annoyed reading text messages the way... Okay. And then there's also the difference between the paragraph. So when you have a lot to say, do you type it all in one big paragraph text? Or in chunks? Or do you... Sentence, send, sentence, send. I hate that. I literally... do that. (laughs) She said that. Sam does that all the time. And I literally... Well, Sam will like have a thought and then then she'll literally have a thought and then she'll literally have a thought. And I'm like the one that I like... I like paragraphs. If you look at our text messages, honestly, Tories are, honestly, we could literally go through this. Absolutely. Like, it's literally me doing, you know, little, I like bite-sized paragraphs. Like, you don't have to go crazy. Like, you guys know that big paragraph where it's like, you got to just tell the whole freaking story. Yes. Oh, yeah. if we look... It's like Tori will send me big paragraphs. Yes. And all of mine are like, like me, 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 me. Look me. at this. It's literally like line, I have one, line, two, line. three, four, five, six lines. And then I get these like giant paragraphs. Or like leaving someone on red. Oh my God. I got left on red today for an hour and I almost had an anxiety she, attack. Over you guys, it. she got here and she was like, oh my God, read this text. <laughs> you left me on red. And she's just like literally having a panic attack. Oh, I um, hate. I hate, I almost don't like red receipts because it hurts my feelings <laughs> to get left on red. I'd rather just think like, oh, they haven't seen it yet. Or to be left on red. Same thing with DMs. Oh. And I do this, so I'm going to be We're a hypocrite. Guilty. But again, I always say on this show, I am self-aware. <laughs> so I am a hypocrite because I do it, but I don't a like what it's queen. done to me. Yes. When someone ends their conversation on a DM by liking it, 
That makes me so annoyed. It's a power move. It's like, I'm done talking to you, so I'm just going to like your comment and that's the end of the conversation. And if there, I can't say anything back to it. It's like, okay, your point was made. You just yeah. liked it and that yeah. was it. Yeah, okay, yeah. thanks. What about um people who correct your grammar when you're texting? I don't do Samantha. that to you. I think it in my head, Tori. I know. If I corrected your grammar as much as you actually <laughs> made mistakes, I would be... We probably if, wouldn't even like me if there anymore. Was, if there was a misspelling B, I would win. Yeah. <laughs> if it was like the winner spells every word wrong, yes, or you would me, come in first place. Oh God. Like literally the amount of things that I have to... It's, okay. Anyone what who's about actually... today when we remember? were editing our notes and Tori's in our shared Google thing and I'm just in there correcting all the spelling yeah. mistakes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Can I just tell you too? Going from charting in Cerner to Epic is literally gold because I used to chart in Cerner and anyone who charts in Cerner knows this. Like, it's just this, it's awful. Charting in Cerner is horrible. Going to Epic. I hate Epic. You can literally right click and get all of your spelling done. I'm like, this is fabulous. I, I freaking love it. Epic. Oh, I love Epic. I hate oh, it. Give me Epic all day. That's another unpopular opinion. I love Epic. No, I think most, it's people, not. Like most Epic. people like Epic. Yes. I'm the unpopular opinion where I think Epic is trash. Oh, I love Epic. Nope. nope. Do not. Cerner is just Epic. I'm sorry. It's the Meditech of charting. No, Meditech is the Meditech of it's charting. Gross. Yeah, that too. That's another Meditech of charting. There you go. No, I like Cerner. Um, yeah, but I think texting, you know. I think it's aggressive though to use aggressive punct. A period feels aggressive in a text message. Or like too many texts at once, you know, when someone's like really trying to like get at, you know. It's just like texting etiquette is a whole thing. Be careful with those periods, guys. <laughs> I just don't, I don't like when people finish a conversation by just double hearting your comments <laughs> or like that annoys me. It's just, yeah, feels... but then, okay. But then how do you end just how do you end a conversation? Like with a proper goodbye or something <laughs> like call me old fashioned, but come on. Am I supposed to say goodbye to you every time I'm done talking to you? Uh, no, I Here don't. We, we leave each other on red all the time. All the time. Uh, but I, but I actually, that's kind of false. You're one of the people that if I know a text came through, I'm always on it. I'm such a bad texter lately with everybody, period. I'm a trash can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just don't want people to treat me like I treat them. <laughs> okay, you know? We're like, not here for equal opportunity texting. Yeah, just... Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> All right. Actually, I got in a fight with this guy because we were supposed to hang out and... He never hit me up and I never hit him up. He's like, so it's on me to text first? I'm like, yes. Absolutely. absolutely. Oh, first of all, absolutely. Thank you. Give me that double standard. Yeah. Absolutely. You. I was like, you better yeah. be texting first. I'm not like, we made plans and I didn't hear from you. I will not text you first. Yeah. Or it's like, don't Bottom start line. the conversation and just let it fizzle out. Like it's on you, dude, to like make that shit like, happen. Man up. Do yeah. you want me to really already show you that I have a bigger dick than you before the first date? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair, fair, fair enough. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, you guys, we are getting to the guest of the week. Again, this is one of our most favorite people. I just want to say this like off the record. So we have met Tesla, how long ago? I don't know, a while back. A long time ago. And we just absolutely love her. So she is an emergency room nurse for over 10 years. Tesla has crafted compression socks that she is proud to wear and now share. So with this endless inspiration of the floral and fauna of Hawaiian Islands, more specifically her home in North Shore of... Oh, how do you say that? Oh boy. Here we go. Ohana? She, Ohana, no. I can't read it. Talk. You should let me do this intro. She's, do you want to do it? Yeah. Her no. home on the North Shore of Oahu. I can't read it right. Oahu. It's horrible. Anyways, she's a Hawaiian queen. She mm. makes compression socks that really are the spirit of Hawaii and the patterns are amazing. We've been longtime yeah. fans, customers, and the fact that 
We love to support nurses who start their own small businesses. Oh, 100%. And you guys stay tuned because we have something really exciting for all the selfie listeners. We are so pumped about this. You have no idea. Okay, this was Tesla's idea. And yes. when she came to us with it, I I like honestly teared up a little bit. I, know. I was like, this is so cool. cool and I feel so honored. Yeah. So, yeah. But honestly, she just has a really cool story in general about being a nurse and starting your own business. So this is definitely one that you want to tune into. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's get into the show. Okay. Thank you so much, Tesla, for coming on today. We're so excited for many reasons for this episode. Long awaited. We've been vibing for a long time. Yes. We've been long time supporters. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. First question. What is your unpopular opinion? Oh my gosh. So I had a really hard time figuring this out because I'm usually like a popular opinion kind of a person, but um, <laughs> I should try that more often. So I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? I was like Googling unpopular opinions. And then I was like, okay, wait, no, none of these are for me. But okay. One thing that I will say, and you guys have mentioned it on the podcast is the mom jean fashion. And I'm really not a fan of the mom jeans. Personally, I know they look really great on some people, especially like (laughs) middle school and high schoolers with their like skinny little frame. But yes, my unpopular opinion would be I can't wait for this fashion to kind of pass by. (laughs) But but I will say that if they bring back low rise, (laughs) so help me God, I will riot. (laughs) If we bring back low rise, I'm starting a riot. No, I agree with that. Are you more of a skinny jean kind of girl? Like, is that where we're at? Yes. But okay, so to tie this in, I would say that the only mom jeans that I condone are the high water ones. Because you can see socks. So you can accessorize your outfit and put on some cute socks and show them with your cute sneakers. So it's I am brand. down with that. <laughs> we love this. Okay, so for the audience, let's give some context. Let's go back because I think you have just such an interesting story and you know where you're from, your background. So let's hear a little bit about your upbringing and your background. Okay, sounds good. So I actually was born in Seoul, Korea. And when I was three months old, I was adopted. So I flew over on an airplane to Seattle where my parents picked me up. I was raised in this little mountain town in Idaho. It has a little ski resort. It's pretty isolated little town. And it's like a paradise unto its own. It's like these four beautiful seasons where there's every sport imaginable. Skiing is a huge one in the winter, and I never was really a skier. I tried. I was like, did some cross country, and I tried snowboarding a bit. I just was never really good at anything. And so then in sixth grade, I actually was probably fifth grade, my dad bought a little like falling down shack on Kauai. And he is a builder and an artist, and he's like his own entrepreneur. He doesn't have like a nine to five job at all. So he decided, I'm going to start this project. I'm going to build on top of this falling over shack and make this like art house. And he builds all his houses out of recycled materials. So he'll tear down these mansions and then use all that material to build a new house. So it's very economical too. So yeah, so in starting in sixth grade, we moved to Kauai and I went to an elementary school there for the whole year. And we would just move as a family. It was like my parents' agreement because my mom really loved Idaho. And then my dad had his project on Kauai. So I went to Kauai in sixth grade, ninth and 11th grade. 
And I went to like three different schools just because it was elementary school, middle school, and then like a high school or sorry, high school. And then a different high school I went to the third time. And then I graduated back in Idaho with my class. I went to an Idaho. I went to a really small private. It was kind of a college preparatory school. So it was pretty academically grueling. And then when it was time to check out colleges, I just knew that I wanted to be in Hawaii and that was already established as a second home. So I graduated in 2005 and then went to Hawaii, University of Hawaii at Manoa, and I just stayed. And I never, I never left. That's (laughs) such an... I don't blame you. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. (laughs) Gorgeous there. Yeah. So. so let's go back maybe to your decision to becoming a nurse. Like, what was that decision like for you? Was this always on the forefront of your mind becoming a nurse? Yeah. So I definitely, I had no nurses in my family and I really didn't interact with many nurses at all growing up, but I think I always knew I wanted to be in the business of like taking care of people and being a nurse. I was one of those people. <laughs> And my dad, because he was always building and he was always hurting himself, like he'd get gnarly splinters and like hammer his thumb. So I was always the first to be like, dad, can I please bandage you up? Or like, can I pull your (laughs) splinter out? And so I think that it probably started there. And so entering University of Hawaii undergrad, I was just on the nursing track immediately. So I finished, yeah, school in about five years. It wasn't, it was definitely not as I thought. It wasn't as glamorous as I thought, especially when you do the clinicals and you're doing a lot of like kind of ancillary, like nurse aid stuff. You're doing turning and bedpans and sometimes, I mean, that was my experience. And so at one point, I think I was in my junior year of nursing school and I called my dad and I was like, dad, um, I think I'm going to drop out of nursing school. I think I wanted, I took a really incredible women's studies course and it was called Women in Health. And it was just all the health issues that women have experienced in, in the past, like the historical past of women and health. And I just was so inspired. And so I told my dad, I'm like, I think I'm going to go into women's studies. And he was like, no, please, no, like you need to stick with nursing. And so Yeah, I definitely want to thank my dad for that because I'm really, I'm grateful that I stuck out nursing and it was definitely the right decision. I think so so many people go through that. I know Sam and I will get people, you know, dropping to our DMs saying something to the effect of like, I don't know if this is right for me. This is, you know, typically what it's usually when you're going through nursing school, people (laughs) just question it. And I'm like, honestly, that's how I felt. I was like, I was... During nursing school, if that had been my experience, I probably wouldn't have become a nurse, to be honest. Yeah, I cried my first day of clinicals on my way home from clinicals. Oh, like, no. I spent so much time in it. Like, I switched from psychology major. I switched schools. I went back and did all these prereqs. I applied to 9 billion different nursing schools. Like, I did all of this. Mm-hmm. Finally get in, take fundamentals, which was whatever, and then get into, like, my first day of clinicals. And I... Hated it. Yeah. yeah. And I remember like gagging over a bedpan with like the most insanely <laughs> giant dump I've ever seen in my life. I didn't even know humans <laughs> could produce that much poop. Yeah. And I was gagging, yeah. like could not control my like reaction. And then I cried on the way home. Like, did I, I make what, a What mistake? do I do now? Like, yeah. I changed my entire life just to get into nursing school and do this. And now that I'm in it, like, this is awful. This, I can't do this. I can't do this. Yeah. I had like a pure meltdown. I think so many people go through that in terms of just, 
yeah, question. I feel like it's so hard too when you're like this little nursing student, you're really timid and then you get assigned to a nurse and these nurses are so overworked and exhausted and it takes that Mm -hmm. much more energy to train somebody. So sometimes you're with somebody and you're like, oh my gosh, am I bothering them? Or maybe they don't Mm -hmm. want a student today. And Mm -hmm. I think that that can change your experience too. Just like, yeah, feeling like a burden and then not maybe asking questions because that's that's your opportunity to really learn as much as you can. But mm-hmm. it, the whole system is, it can be tricky as a nursing student and then as a preceptor as well, who you're trying to take care of your patient load. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely would urge people just to stick it out. There's so many opportunities within nursing and you can find your niche and incredible that mm-hmm. we have those opportunities. We're not pigeonholed into this is your job for the rest of your career and your life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I don't think that's what students realize is there's so much more than just bedside even, let alone, even if you want to do bedside, there's 900 million different units, departments, niches, like you said. But even that, like the degree can take you so much further beyond just even working inside a hospital. And I think that nursing school only focuses on nursing from a clinical standpoint in the hospital and the degree is so much more valuable than that. So that's why I always tell people just stick it out until you're going to have so many more opportunities. I agree. And like climbing that, totally. And like climbing that ladder, like getting your master's and then your doctorates. I mean, those open up mass doors for you to pursue other avenues. And I just feel like we're really fortunate. If you can get through nursing school, you'll find your place. It may take some time. And you may just like really love something for five years and then switch That's, to something else and then really love that for mm-hmm. five years. There's seasons to it. Absolutely. And it's okay. Seasons like, life. Yep. I loved yeah. being a NICU nurse. I yeah. loved being a transport nurse. Honestly, I loved being a teacher. By the time this episode yeah. comes out, I'm probably not a teacher anymore right. yeah. because it's like <laughs> that was five years of my life and I did it and I loved it during the five years, but it's like, yeah. it's okay to move on to the next thing and keep finding, like you can always keep reinventing yeah. yourself and Absolutely. you can love it for the time mm-hmm. that it, you had it, but it doesn't it have to be here forever. Purpose, yeah, right? it served a it really served good, a good time right. and place. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Especially with travel nursing. I mean, it. I don't think travel nursing was as prominent when mm-hmm. I yeah, started. Yeah, absolutely. Um, same for like us. Right. 10 years ago. And so I'm so stoked for all of the travelers right now. And it's such an incredible opportunity to just get out there, see different facilities, see different straight states and travel. And yeah, I'm very envious of that. No, yeah. it's wonderful. I Well, for all the travelers who are going to Hawaii, you know, here we go. Cause it, I wish I yeah. was. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so quick nursing background. Let's just see like, wh- you know, the units you went into and like pivoting into new roles. What was that like for you? So starting off in Hawaii, I would say most just graduated people with nursing degrees. You have to start as a nurse aide. And I don't know if it's the same in California. So you get your foot in the door. They don't hire you. They rarely hire you without really knowing you, establishing yourself in a facility. So you start as a nurse aide or it's like an ER, ICU tech. And then from there, you start to apply to new graduate academies. And only a certain amount of facilities will do new grad academies. So it's highly competitive. It actually drives out a lot of new nurses to the mainland to gain their one or two years of experience. And then they'll return. So I started as a nurse aide at a hospital in Honolulu. It was not level one trauma center. So it was mainly like adult gerontology kind of patients in the ER. But yeah, so I started as a nurse aide. I did that for three or four months. I actually got injured as a patient and I ended up in the ER at my facility. I was okay. But <laughs> I remember being in the ER. I was so enamored. I always wanted to do ER. Like 
when an ambulance passed, I would just, I felt like I had to know what was in that ambulance and what was going on. It was just so exciting to me. So when I was a patient in the ER, I loved all the nurses that took care of me. I was actually like kind of networking. I'm like, so I really want to do ER in the future. And they were kind of really supportive. And they're like, hey, you know, you should apply to these new grad academies. And so I did and I got in and that was a five month new intensive new grad academy. I felt like I learned everything I needed to learn even more so than nursing school for the ER. And then I just I just jumped right in and I stayed at that facility for about in the ER for seven years. And then I had a child in 2016. When I returned, I just felt like the ER was so hectic. We were really concerned about, I was concerned about bringing home germs to my daughter from the ER. You just, the things you're exposed to there. And so I just was ready for a change. I wasn't at the point where I was fully burned out, but I could tell I was starting to just have less enthusiasm about going to work. Yeah, you needed to pivot, right? Yeah, yeah. So then a lot of my ER, my past colleagues, they transitioned into the house supervisor role at the hospital. So they were really like, Hey, Tesla, like you should really look into this. We have an open position. There are only five house supervisors at that time who were kind of the core house supervisors. And there was a slot open. And so almost immediately, I, like within a week, I was kind of like, Oh shoot. Okay. I'm going to apply without really thinking about it. But I just felt like I was ready for a change. And so I got into the house supervisor role and I stayed in there for a year. And it was amazing. I mean, I think you don't appreciate the whole workings of an organization until you take on a position and get that perspective. It was not easy. So, you know, what I can say, how supervisors can probably be really annoying if they're making these decisions that aren't <laughs> like, like, oh, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. You're short staffed tonight. I mean, that was kind of, yeah, that was a tricky part of being a That's what a you guys are known for. Exactly. <laughs> and you and you're, like, you're like loathed a lot of the time because you are that person having to bear this bad news and you're the face of the bad news. It's not coming, like we don't make those decisions, but that we're the ones that have to like be there, try to support the best we can. Or what I like to say is like, hey, we're doing the best that we can with the resources that we have available because... Yeah, sick calls, just unexpected events, like mass amounts of admissions. It's just playing that game of, it's like a puzzle. It's like a really complex puzzle. You'd go into your shift every day, not knowing, kind of like the ER, not knowing what was going to come, what was going to happen. And then you piece it together. You have like, you have OR, cath lab, ER admissions, ICU downgrades, and you're constantly in your brain juggling, okay, so this ICU downgrade is going to happen, which then we can put in this ICU hold from the ER. And then you're like, surprise, this OR patient needs an ICU bed now. So the ER patient's going to have to wait. I mean, it was, it was overwhelming, but I felt like transitioning into that role was like mind opening, where your brain feels so awake because you're learning a whole different skill. Like ER was, once you get experience, you're just kind of in the role of it. And then it's more body fatigue. You're like, wow, I didn't sit down Mm -hmm. for 12 hours. I didn't pee. I didn't go to the bathroom. I barely ate food. So it was very physically draining in the ER at the end of the day. This one was like mental fatigue. At the end of the day, you're Mm. like, my brain is so tired. I mean, it was really exciting. And then there were really, really hard days. And as a house supervisor at my facility, we were in charge of a transfer hotline. 
So we had a cell phone for transfer calls and then we had a cell phone for everything else. So you'd get doctors, staff, bed control. I mean, you'd get complaints. Everything would come in one phone and then you'd get these transfers from a different phone. Because in Hawaii, you have all these other islands. So I was on one of the major islands where Honolulu is. And we have the bigger hospital capacity and facilities on this island. So you would have a little rural hospital on the big island calling and saying, hey, we have this really sick patient and we need to transfer them to you. And then you say, oh my gosh, okay, we do have room or we don't have room. So it's this game and I feel so bad for smaller facilities on the outer islands, even on this island, looking for beds because they literally have a list of the major facilities that can accept transfers. And they call like all five. And then they're all like, no beds, no beds, no beds, no beds. And then they're like, call back in a few hours. So then they then these doctors have to call again and again. And sometimes these patients are really critical or you have mental health patients. And we have some pediatric mental health patients that'll stay for like 48 hours in your little tiny facility that can't move because there's just no capacity. So that would be definitely kind of like specific to an island problem. <laughs> Just because sure. there's nowhere I mean, else to call once yeah. you tap out. Where else do you go? Yeah, yeah. Doing transport on the island sounds rad. Because oh. <laughs> I do, I mean, obviously transport, but like doing it in Hawaii sounds oh, so rad. Really yeah. Island hopping. Yeah. I love so our transport cool. teams. We They come in these like super, oh, like yours, just these cute little jumpsuits. They come sweeping. Oh, hey. they come like, <laughs> Jumpsuit life. Yeah, sweeping in like they're just like superheroes, you know, and they're like just had transported these intubated, really sick patients, these traumas. It's it's really amazing. And so, yes, we get all these transfer people coming and going transfers from different islands. We get also, we get transfers. The facility I worked at, we would get transfers from like Samoa and Guam and, oh, you wow. know, all these specific Whoa. islands yeah. uh, that, that that just have no resources there either. So that's so cool. Yeah. So overall, House Soup was amazing. Do you guys have House Supervisors at your facility? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yep, yeah. So absolutely. It's, it's a big role. And it's definitely one of those, like when I interviewed for the job, they were like, hey, you are not going to get a pat on your back every day. You're not going to be told you're doing a great job because it's really tricky. I mean, people view you in some days like like the absolute enemy, you know, or or just that right. you mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really it's a tricky role, but they were it's saying It's a thankless job. They, it's a thankless it's totally job. a thankless yeah. job and they were saying yeah. you need to find your own satisfaction in this role. Otherwise, it's just going to you're going to just drown in it. You know, you're not going to be happy and you're going to need to get out of it right away. I felt like I I really loved helping not only the patients and patient safety, but the staff. I mean, even though we bear really bad news, you are like this support team and like a cheerleader for the staff often. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I and for the whole facility, like I remember scrambling to get beds ready and I would go like strip beds. And it wasn't just me, the other house supervisors, we'd run up and strip these beds and then let housekeeping mm-hmm. then, you know, because it's like, you see the the importance of team playing for the whole facility and the whole day to mm-hmm. work out fairly smoothly. And then at the end of the day, like some days were terrible, but I'd be like, hey, nobody died. There were no adverse events on my shift. <laughs> and like, that was great. That was a success. And so I am really grateful for that year that I spent as house supervisor for sure. Yeah. It's interesting because we actually have not had the perspective of a house supervisor on. So I think this is such an interesting conversation to have. I know there was a specific event that happened 
when you were a house supervisor. Can you speak to that? Because I think this was a really interesting piece of your, of a journey that you, that you had. So it was on January 13th of, oh my gosh, what year was this? It was a few years ago on a Saturday. So on the weekends as a house supervisor, you oftentimes are the only management-like person in the whole facility. And it was our change of shift. The other night shift house soup was kind of going off shift. All of a sudden, everybody in the islands gets this alert on their phones. Like just, you know, these storm alerts. It's like this really blaring sound on your phone. And so we all look down and on my phone, it says in like bold capital letters, it says emergency alert, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. And then the last part of this is, this is not a drill. And so <laughs> I... Um, was, oh my like, God. Overwhelming to say the very least. I think everybody in Hawaii, I always am just like, want to know their story and their perspective because everyone was in different places. Everyone had a different thing going on that day. And some people laughed it off. Some people were like, oh, this isn't real. And then there were some people where you're like, this shit is real and felt real to me. I was at a hospital in Honolulu near Pearl Harbor. I'm like, if this ballistic missile is going to bomb anywhere, it's going to be right on top of us here. And I remember we were, I was in this empty office. We had this tiny little office in this pre-op clinic. So it was, it was, it was just me. I was pacing, like walking a few steps, turning around. Like I didn't know where to go. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die in just a few seconds. Do I hide under a desk or it's not even going to matter because this wow. building will collapse on me. And then my two phones, because if people are trying to get me on the house soup phone, and it's busy, they call the transfer hotline phone because they know that I'm holding two phones. So then all of a sudden, I just get barraged with phone calls, just nonstop. I have the operators calling my phones too, saying like, hey, this person's trying to get in touch with you. I'm able to answer just a few of the calls because I'm not even sure what's going on, what to do. I was so... People are calling like, hey, what do we do? Like, is this real? And I'm kind of like, I don't know. Let me call you back. So that was kind of my thing. Like, let me call you back. Let me call you back. Let me call you back. And we then I wasn't even able to like go around on everybody to make sure that they were okay because I felt so stuck in this standing place that I was because the phones would not stop ringing. Then we, I finally made my way out to the ER waiting room where there was a TV and we're like watching the news. And just trying to see updates, like, what is this? And there wasn't that much news at first. So it lasted 38 minutes before they called it off. So it was 38 minutes of hell for a lot of people in Hawaii. So then finally, once it was called off... So, okay, sorry. So to go back, I did get a call from a higher up in the facility. And I was like, we need to do something. Like, I don't know what to do. People are calling. People are really freaking out. So we had kind of brainstormed and we decided to put out an overhead page with the operators. So we kind of pieced together this page that more or less was like, stand by for more information and then try your best to like get away from the windows. And I just was like, is one of those where you like, there is no protocol. There's no protocol. There's not even like a reference on what to say what to do, how to stay safe, especially thinking there's this impending 
missile that, you know, wherever you are, whether you're by a window or you're in the center of the building, you're, you're going to die. I mean, that's how it felt at that time. So then after the thread had ended, I was able to round on every floor. People were, I mean, it was amazing. Once the threat was called off and I was rounding, I was freaking out. I wanted to leave. Like, I feel bad saying that, but I was like, if I'm going to die, this is the last place I want to be. Like, I have a child and a husband and that's for everybody. I mean, it's like, I'm going to die with all of these patients that I don't really know. And like, I want to be with my family. And and then all the other management team, everyone else that wasn't working that day, I'm like, I was just so like upset. I was just like, they're all with their families, you know, like, why am I here? Why was I the one that had to work? But I thank goodness that nothing happened. So then I rounded on everybody. Everyone was just back to work. I mean, I was amazed. I rounding every floor, people just like business as usual, but it's not to say that people didn't psychologically have like major PTSD from this because I know that I did. So yeah, I want to give like a huge thanks to everybody in the medical field who was there or essential workers who really were stuck and couldn't leave. And for all the staff, at least that was working with me that day, like not one person left. It was amazing. Because I think um, that was like my gut instinct. Like, should I get in a car and start driving home? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's but, terrifying. Uh, yeah, so scary. So not one staff member like ditched out that day, which that's was, awesome. I think, underappreciated by, I think that, I don't know, people should have gotten awards or like some kind of recognition <laughs> because that was a really terrifying day for a lot of people. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah, sure. As um, an ER nurse, what's like the craziest thing you've seen being oh an ER God. nurse on the islands? Oh my goodness. So I, I never worked in a trauma facility, so I definitely don't okay. have those like crazy trauma stories. But after house supervisor, I transitioned to a real small facility, which is closer to home. I absolutely love it. It just has a very small handful of beds. We work with one doc, two nurses. And you know, we have, because it's such a small community, we are this little facility that the community members come to for anything and everything. So, you know, right. we've had like walk up to the window, like gunshot wounds and things where wow. you're just like, what? Like you didn't call 911 or like crazy <laughs> burns. I mean, where people's mopeds, they're working on them and they explode on their whole bodies and they have massive oh. burns. So I think moving into this little smaller facility has just made me a way stronger nurse than I ever was at the other facilities. You have way less resources, like running a code. It's you, the doctor, your other nurse, and then sometimes medics will stay and do CPR for you or do the airway. And then you have like a lab tech or a clerk doing your documentation. So they just have a white paper and they say, at this time you gave epi, at this time you gave bicarb. And so the codes have to run efficiently. And so I feel like I've learned so much and I'm so grateful for working at a small facility. I I try to recruit all my friends because I think it's a super cool opportunity for people to see that perspective of a real smaller facility and how well they can run. And people are like, well, I don't want to lose my skills. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. No, like you're going to your gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going <laughs> to gain so much, so much from this experience. And then we see a lot of pediatrics and babies and kids. And I never got that opportunity at the facility, at the bigger facility I was at. Even at the bigger facility, you have new grad programs twice a year. So 
those new grads want those STEMIs, those code strokes. They want to be actively involved in resuscitation. So as a more seasoned nurse, you see that less and less because they're the ones that are really hands-on. And so I feel like they would be big, long stretches where I'm like, wow, I haven't seen a code or been involved in a code STEMI in a long time because all these new grads, you know, they always want those opportunities. So I've gained a lot from switching to a different facility. I've talked a lot about that too, in terms Mm -hmm. of like even working NICU, some of the best experiences I had was working in a smaller NICU in a level Mm -hmm. two where you have less resources. Like you don't have that. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because even just thinking about you working on an island where you're even, you have literally even less resources available to you. So I think Mm -hmm. that's such an interesting piece of it. Because you have to make it work. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. you are the last you don't stop. You don't help. have backup. You, you are the backup. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I there was a code at our facility a while ago and the doctor was like, I feel like having the two nurses and me, there we needed one or two more hands to help because literally yeah. like one nurse is bagging, the doctor's getting intubation supplies, and then the other nurse is like starting an IV or, you know, like getting meds ready. And so it's like, there's no one else to be that runner to do all the other little things. Yeah. You don't realize how many hands. The runner's the real goat of code. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So you need those extra hands. It's a good perspective. I think when you're at a big facility, you don't understand the limited resources available in other places. Like as a house supervisor, we'd get calls from these little hospitals and I'd be like, wait, can't you just admit this? I didn't understand. And I think most people don't Mm -hmm. understand. Or doctors would be like, no, you need to get a CT scan before you transfer them. And we're like, this patient needs to come no matter what to your bigger facility. You have the resources. Like, I mean, just these delays because they... They have they a different perspective. Right. They just have. They just right. don't get it. Yeah, Workflow-wise, yeah. yeah. Right, it's a lot. Yeah. All right. It's 2022. And if you are looking for a new job, new job who dis? Now's the time. Mm-hmm. And we have just the right partner to kind of help you with that. So Incredible Health is a hiring platform that helps nurses find their next permanent role in 20 days or less. They match you to a role that fits your experience in your desired locations. They're trusted by over 500 hospital and health systems. And it's super easy to use. So how it works is you create a profile and upload your resume or your work information. And then they match you to the jobs that match your skills and qualifications. And then just let the interviews come in. So you get one-on-one support from nurse advocates who will help you with everything from polishing up your resume to giving you interview tips and even vetting your job offers. And then land that dream job. Also, they have a nurse salary estimator that shows what nurses like you are making in your desired location, which is We love that. I love that. We love transparency here. And the best part about Incredible Health is that it's 100% free for nurses. So make sure to check that out. Absolutely. So whether you're looking for a career change or looking for a new role in new locations, head over to IncredibleHealth.com. It's the best place for you to advance your career. So, Miss Entrepreneur. Ah. Queen. Yes. Up at dawn. Let's talk about it. Because this is like how we became so obsessed with you. Was your company. So, can you just tell everyone what is your company? How did it get started? The idea behind it? Okay. So, back in 2018, I started the process of, of like, okay, I want to create a compression sock. 
that I want to wear. Like selfishly, it started with like me, 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 where I'm like, I am so sick. <laughs> I support <laughs> that. <laughs> on brand. Yeah, yeah. Very so, on brand for us. So I started and I'm like, I was buying, it's kind of embarrassing, but I was also very cheap. So I would go to Long's or CVS <laughs> and I would go to that as seen on TV section of Long's, those shelves mm. that have like really random weird things. And I would get those compression socks that were black with copper laced ones. And I think they were like 12 or $14. And those were my compression socks and they were like ugly and black. And then they just, they weren't very like high quality either. Mm-hmm. And so I was really inspired by some local brands in Hawaii who just made the most beautiful prints, like swimwear prints. And then there's these dress companies. And a lot of them, we have so many entrepreneurs on the North Shore of Oahu, which is where I live, who, yeah, who do swimwear, clothing, bags. And and so they really inspired me. I'm like, I'm obsessed with these. Like, like Aloha Collection has the most amazing bags. And this brand, 19 Palms, who originated on the North Shore, has these gorgeous dresses that are just these tropical prints. And I'm like, I wonder if you could do that on socks. I really had no idea, but I was kind of like, I want to do this. I want to try. So I so I have that. no mm-hmm. background in business. I have no background in marketing or in design. So I literally would sit there with a white piece of paper and draw these awful shaped socks and then like sketch. So I would sketch like, okay, here's my idea. And then it was like arts and crafts for me. So then I would print out these prints that I really liked. And then I would cut out the shape of the sock and then I'd like glue it with like these little this. glue sticks. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, I, I kind of like that. Then I was just searching. I searched, I was like, I want a US made sock. So I tried to get all these samples. They were just the only type of socks were the ones that you see on the market. They're knitted. So that means that you integrate the design into the sock and it's very limiting. So it's like... um any compression sock you have most likely has that and it is not printed. Like there's no big graphic design printed on the sock. It's like sewn into the sock. And so I was like, I wonder if I could do this. So there was nothing on the mainland really that did that. Or if I did find some random companies, they would never email me back because I'd be like, I'm trying to start a company. <laughs> and um, and I wanted really small batches because I was so small and I had no idea if this would even take off at all. So they, I think people laughed at me too. They're like, oh, you you want us to produce you 60 socks with your custom design? Like, no way. So then I found this company in San Francisco and they're kind of this middleman and they help you with design and production. So I was like, this is awesome. And they were like, yes, we can do this. I figured out a way where they can print these amazing prints on a sock and then integrate in, it's called compression ribbing. So they sew in this ribbing to make them a little bit more taut, like tight for the compression part on the leg. And so I started, I launched my company in 2019 with this collection called the Pauhana Collection. And in Hawaii, Pauhana is like all done with work, after work. So you would say on like a Friday, hey, let's go out for Pauhana drinks. Mm, and, love that. And <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, for me. So, Sign so, me up for that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this is like, great. I'm going to print pow on one sock, Hana on the other underside of the socks. These are going to be motivation socks to get done with work for nurses. And I launched with four designs with the pow Hana, they're the pow Hana collection. And really my marketing was like 
just my supportive coworkers and friends. That's how it started. It was like, they were like, oh, I love what you're doing. And I love these prints and socks. And so they were just, I mean, without them to start off my company, I don't think I would be where I am because then they had friends that were nurses at a different facility, nurses or doctors or medics. And so very slowly, the company grew and it was really cool to watch. And I had so many supporters who would post on stories, send me photos. I never really paid influencers. I had really core, like wonderful friends who were like, yeah, I'll model your socks. So we would go on hikes. We would go on hikes with the socks and then take photos with my iPhone. <laughs> and so that was, I'm obsessed I mean, with those pictures, by <laughs> the way. They're so fun. Yeah. They're I mean, gorgeous. They're, they're beautiful. And it's just so, it's like a lifestyle. You're yeah. really making yeah. like that lifestyle kind well, of Well, it's brand. like, I love their kind of dual purpose. Yes. Like yeah. hiking, but also any any healthcare worker, mm-hmm. if you're not wearing compression socks, you're fucking up. <laughs> yeah. And then I've like taken a liking to wearing them to the gym for deadlifts. Yeah. Like yeah. I always wear your socks to yeah. the gym. It totally evolved because I was like, okay, this is pretty much just marketing to medical people and nurses and people who are on their feet a long time. And then all of a sudden it was like this huge hiking community and running community who just loved them. At the end of 2019, I I had a booth at the Honolulu Marathon Expo where people pick up their packets. And so I got my brand out a little bit that way. And that one was a blast. I had so much fun. I was next to this booth of like the zip lining company on the North Shore. And we had so much fun for two days. And so that was also how I kind of expanded my brand a bit. I sold a lot to some Canadians. So I have some Canadian customers (laughs) who are awesome. And it's amazing how it expanded. I have some like these great flight attendants who have supported my company, travelers. And it's just, I wanted to create a really dynamic sock that wasn't just like medical grade compression just for work. I wanted to do a lighter a lighter compression so that you could wear it 12 hour shifts and then you could wear it hiking and it doesn't like muffin top your leg and that it's beautiful and you can yeah you can it's kind of more lifestyles so you can pair it with these cute sneakers that you have and wear them with jean shorts. It totally evolved over time, like beyond my control. And I am so happy with where it is. And I've launched multiple collections since starting. And it's been really fun. I I definitely prioritize up at dawn. Uh, pretty high on my playlist. <laughs> we feel um, that. We love that. Well, when um, you're so in love with something, you know, it makes it easy. You know, Sam and I, we've obviously been wearing your socks since, God, for how long? A long couple time. Of, yeah, since I would say the beginning. I love everything about it. The brand, the fit on them is amazing. I feel like you're just creating something. You're completely revolutionizing a category that I think is just something that from a lifestyle brand perspective, it's just amazing. I'm really curious about this. Like, I know you kind of have alluded to it, but do you feel like you were an entrepreneur from the beginning? Like, where did this spirit come from? Yeah. So my husband would laugh because my poor husband has been witness and a very firm supporter of all my crazy ideas. So I think in college, I'm like, I've had this feeling in the pit of my stomach, like I want to create something and I want it to be my own. And I think it could be a success, but I've had so many ideas. Like when I was pregnant, I started making swimwear. So my coworkers bought some of my custom swimwear that I would sew. And I don't know if that was like the weird mother nesting hormones or what, but 
So I did that. And then I was like, I want to make rompers. And then I got all this jewelry stuff. And I was like, I'm going to make jewelry. And it's been crazy because I, I've been driven to do something and to find something that would work and that would be marketable and that would be a success business-wise. And I hadn't found it until I had kind of started the process of these socks. And so I'm, I feel like really happy and satisfied with where this sock thing has gone. And it's definitely like a dream come true to be able to do that. I get to work part-time, not that, okay, like you guys have said, having a business is like a total labor of love and the yield return is not necessarily like money, like, but it's the satisfaction of like, Hey, this is my own. And I grew this from the roots up. And I definitely have had those feelings of like wanting to create something. And so it's nice to kind of fallen into this niche and going back to just like marketing, I was saying from a nursing perspective, like to market towards nursing and medical staff, what I found, and this is, I think, kind of true with nurses. So we make pretty good money and we like to spend money. So that <laughs> would be like the business. This so, is true wow. for me. <laughs> so it's like at the bigger facility Guilty. I worked at, it would be like, you know, people would have like their lashes done. And then it's like everyone right. would get their lashes done or people would get like these really nice hairdos or these nice clothes or bags or shoes. And it's just, we're consumers. I mean, like we are like we major are. consumers mm-hmm. as medical professionals. And I think that's why like so. things took off. Yeah, yeah that's a because good Because nurses, right. like we never spent money on scrubs. We always just wore whatever. But once yeah. you realize like, once that one person walked in looking cute in them, everyone's like, wow, like, you oh, can look cute in scrubs? Right. I oh know. shit. Okay, yeah. take all my money. And then they just like blew up. That like exactly. started like after we were already nurses. I have like this like sidebar story, but about consumerism. So everyone at my facility, they started to get this Dior lip gloss that had like this, it was so cute. And it was probably like, I don't know, $30. It was ridiculous. And it had a pink cover and you'd put it on and they said that your natural lip color would come out. So there would be some girls who would have the most beautiful blush pink like lips. So that would be their color tone that would come out from this lip gloss. So then I bought it because I'm a nurse and a consumer. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> like I went to Nordstrom's or wherever Neiman Marcus and I bought it. So I put it on and it looked like I had like an allergic reaction. My lips were just like, my that lips stuff does turned not work for me. Just, I know. Like, this crazy red inflamed color. And then I just like gave it, I think I just like, I wiped it out and I gave it to one of our nurses. But You're I was like, like, this is not working for me. I was like, that is move. an example of how much, you know, nurses are, you know, we can market to them. But I wanted to market a really good product that I believed in, that nurses could use outside of work. And I go through this rigorous quality control where I am like, if I don't like this print, if there's anything wrong, these flaws with the design, the fit, or the colors or the smudges, I like pull them out or I have them redone completely because I am so grateful to my customer base and I want to provide them like the highest quality product that I can that, you know, I give my stamp of approval that I will want to wear. So, well, we know that. Yeah, (laughs) we do. We we do know that. Can we talk about why we know that? Can we talk about, we can talk about why. We are so excited about this. Okay, so we're announcing this to the selfie oh, listeners. Wow. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. We are so thrilled. Well, first of all, Tesla, you came up with this idea, but we are doing a collab with you. Woo! 
Okay, my heart exploded when you approached us about that. I was yeah, like, we, is she oh. seriously like gonna design us a selfie sock? Yes. And you sent us kind of the preliminary, like, hey, I have this idea. And it was kind of the print on our studio. And yes. I was, my jaw dropped. I was yes. like, instantly like recognized the print and was like, there's no way. Like, we were, I felt like it was so, so on brand. Like, cool. So it's like the print, the, not the Dalmatian, but our like, our polka, mean, dots. Our polka dots. Yeah. And then we have a really slick, our infamous pink color, the Barbie mm-hmm. pink. Yeah. And just everything, like when you're going through these designs and you're designing this, like, what's your process like? Cause we are obsessed with our our sock. We're so excited to be sharing. It's so cool to just be like, oh yeah, I have a sock. (laughs) No big deal. Just like I have a sock. Yeah. I am so stoked to work with you guys on this. I love you guys. I love what you do. I love your individual Instagram accounts. I love your blog. I love your podcast. Like literally I am one of your many big fans. And so I was like, how can I collab with these girls? Like I definitely don't have money to like Hey, you guys, you know, cause you can pay influencers and I don't, I didn't really have that, but I was like, you know what I do have is we could make a killer selfie sock and you even better. Yeah. That is like, no, that was like such, I was so honored. Idea. Like, yes. oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. And your this influencer base are nurses. And then my marketing base is, is nurses and medical professionals. So I'm like, I think this could be an awesome collaboration. And right away, because you guys record with that amazing polka dot and then your neon sign in the back, I was like, we could make such a cool one where instantly when you see these socks, the first thing you think is selfie podcast. And so that's how I started the design. I've always, you guys will just have to see what they look like. But this idea I've had for a really long time, essentially, it's just one sock is a little bit different than the other. But they go together. Which I'm and they obsessed compliment- with. Yes. That's it's like, like yes. my favorite. Yeah, so they cute. complement each yeah. other. And I have so many ideas and this was one of them that I really, really wanted to do. So I'm really excited to have helped design it. And you guys helped so much to give your input. And I wanted to really like highlight and make it personal that this is a collaborated sock. And it's the first of my overtime collection that I'm going to launch later in 2022, but this is the first of them. And the idea behind it is it's a different type of sock. It's a little bit tighter and it's a different material, but it's so soft and really flattering. And it's called overtime because they do offer a little bit higher compression. And for those nurses that have to work 16 hours or, you know, are just, I have a lot of nurses who are like, I love your socks, but I wish that they were a little bit tighter. And I wanted to provide that to my audience. Sorry, my audience. No, my, my customers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that we just, I mean, I want to say this too. Like, I feel like it was such a fun process doing it back and forth. And, for, and so for the backstory for the selfie listeners, we started this process with you back in, was it October? Mm-hmm. Maybe so. it was October or so. And so it was so fun to be able to design this and then you would order it and we would, you know, take a look at it and we would say, mm-hmm. okay, what if we could do this or that? And so I think the final product is everything. We honestly loved every sample you sent us, which is funny. These are all amazing. Yeah. We were like, we don't even know how to narrow it down, but everything about it, we have on the bottom of the soles, it's sweet and salty. Ah. 
Love Yay. it. And then at the top of the cuff, we have the selfie shell. It's on the inside on cuff. The inside so it's like part. a little secret treat. Yes. Yeah. A little yeah. hidden surprise. Which is so, it's so custom feeling. It's so on brand. It's just something fun that I think everyone will enjoy. We're so excited about this. In terms of other collections, what else are you, do you have right now? Can you go through a couple of your other socks and your collections really quick? Yeah, sure. So besides the OT collection, which I want to launch sometime later, Later in the year than this next year, I've just launched a Rise and Shine collection. So kind of the signature is putting the writing on the bottom of the sock. So it's a little bit hidden. I'm really not one for like big branding. So I kind of like that subtle branding. So this Rise and Shine collection has these two prints that are just really beautiful. And they're named after some beautiful botanical gardens in Hawaii. And so that's one that I recently launched. I've just kind of brought back this classics collection, which are those classic tube socks with stripes on the top. And this I one, love I that. yeah, and this one is a nui nui, which is rainbow in Hawaiian. And and so this one, I really want to commit to donating to different charities one once every month. So I'm just donating ten percent of my proceeds for I have a crew length one and then a knee high one. Any input, email me or message me on Instagram because I'm looking for new charities every month to donate to. And so that's that sock. I'm going to do that until they all run out. And then I'm trying to think what else. I did a collaboration with this graphic designer that lives up on the North Shore, Seabird Studios. She designed me this amazing print that's this hanging... It it looks kind of like hanging lays. It's hibiscus. And then they run down um, vertically. So I'm really grateful to her. I'm, I am hoping in the future to do more collaborations with artists, highlighting different artists or like working with collaborations like you guys. And so, and then also my 2022 goal would be to stock my products in, in shops. Now that I finally have enough inventory, I feel like that's the next move for me. It's just a matter of people like wanting my socks in their stores. Uh, so I don't know I, why they want it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Like they're amazing, you know, and they're so custom and unique, which is why we love them. And they fit great. The quality. The quality is amazing. I still have my first pair that I bought from you years ago. Yeah. We just, we love them. And Sam's always rocking the, what's the love? It's become like superstitious for me. Like the crew one, the (laughs) The pink and black crew mismatch one. Like I have to deadlift in them. Like I love it. Like I packed them when I went to North Carolina. Like I just... It's it. a mental thing now. Like, yeah. I have to wear them. Well, every athlete has their superstition. Yeah. So, why so not I like, have to deadlift in them. Yeah. It's my thing. Yes. Now. Yeah. That makes me so happy. <laughs> so, speaking to healthcare providers in general, what piece of advice do you have for them? Any good specific tips? Yeah. So, I kind of have some three tips that I jotted down. Love it. So yes. one of them, I did a lot in, in the last 10 years, I've done a lot of precepting. I've precepted University of Hawaii students. And then I precepted new graduate academy students or not students, but they are nurses. And one thing that I always tell them is never lose sight of advocating for your patients. That you can have the scariest doctor. And if you have a question, you have to ask it. You can't skirt around it. You can't say, oh, I think I know. You need to use your resources. And you need to put all of those fears aside because you are taking care of somebody's life. And whether it's really critical and acute or something mild, either way, that is your duty. We go to school for four years or longer if you have a master's degree for a reason. Gone are the days where we just 
do what the doctor says that we should do. I can't even tell you how many errors that I have caught or, or not even, yeah, just like question the doctor because we're humans and we make errors. So it's like, if you, if there's a med that you are just like, why are we giving phosphorus for this patient? You know, we didn't even draw a phosphorus level. You go ask because that could be a mis- that could be an error or, and that's why critical thinking is important. You don't get critical thinking overnight. It takes time. But to get that experience, then you have to ask questions and you need to practice safely. So that would be one of my advices. Also, supporting new nurses and medical staff. I say don't viciously eat your young because I've seen so many just situations where new nurses, they are, you know, they're paired with a preceptor who's just really, really tough. And they're really tough on them, or it almost seems like they're being set up to fail. And I just think we need nurses. I mean, we had an influx of FEMA nurses because we were short-staffed, especially during COVID. And so are we wanting to set up new nurses to fail? Like, no, we want them to be our partners and our coworkers someday and to support our patients, you know, because we want to practice safely and we don't want to work 16-hour shifts and all this overtime. So I would definitely say just always remember, you could have had you know, a kind of eat your young preceptor in your past. And you're like, hey, I turned out okay. But I don't think that necessarily means that you need a precept that way. And just always remember to support new nurses in the best way that you can. And for new nurses, if there's a situation that's that's not working for you, or you feel like there's an element where you are not getting what you need to succeed, then you talk to a manager, you talk to your educator, you you do what you can because you have to advocate for yourself. And this is your experience. And you want to be a well-rounded nurse too when you come out of your training. Let's see, the third would be if you, and you guys touched on this, which I loved in a lot of your podcasts. If you're not enjoying your job and you are burning out and you feel like you are unhappy for a majority of the time in what you do and going to work, if you cry before you go to work most of the time, then you need to change it up. I mean, I... I can't even tell you there are so many opportunities to be happier. Also, if you're in a really chaotic situation, like if you're in critical care and you're like, I'm not happy anymore, this is too stressful, don't go into something even more stressful. Find something where you, and and network and talk to people who can give you insight. Like you really should network. That's your opportunity to network and be like, hey, what do you think of PACU? What do you think of radiology? Like, is this something that will be a good fit for me? And try it because the worst mm-hmm. that can happen is that you'll back, end up back in your unit or you'll gain perspective Great and point, be like, huh? you know what? I loved ER nursing. I'm going to go back to it. And you'll come back with a renewed, refreshed me. perspective. Yeah, totally. I literally did that. I left NICU so, and then I came back and Sam yeah. left NICU and she loves her job. So you just never know. Never going back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She's and like, I could never bottle feed a baby ever again. Ever. That's fine. Yeah. No, it wasn't even that. It was no, I know. bed, a bath. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Night shift. No, Why but I love with the bath. Those are great, great pieces of advice. I think that's yeah. absolutely on brand with everything. You know, I think that Sam and I are all about shifting, pivoting if you mm-hmm. need to. And then, you know, what you're doing, you're creating this amazing company and it's a passion. It started as a passion. Now it's like full-blown business. Look yeah. at you, girl. I mean, like, <laughs> it's insane. And mm-hmm. we could not be more thrilled to just be a little piece of your, of your journey. And we're so thrilled to bring this to the selfie audience. Like we are 
so excited about this. Yeah, so. I'm so excited. And I'm really thankful to you guys for letting me be on your podcast. It's totally a dream come oh, true. Amazing. We've been I, wanting amazing. I love you it. on I forever, li- but we we're kind of waiting for the, to the announce right our collab yeah. The, yeah. to do it yeah. in timing with that. So it's been awesome. Yeah, it's been I, fun working behind the scenes with you and totally. also getting to know you, Tesla. It's just been yeah. such I know, a, you're the sweetest human. You like, are. I just, Aww. I want to come... <laughs> I want to take a selfie, vacay to Hawaii. We need to so go to Hawaii and come out. visit you. Yes. And please get, yes. visit. Please visit me. Yes. It'll be so fun. Yes. I'll take you to the yes. to the fun secret spots. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, we need all the local, all the local yes. down low. Yeah. You know. I'll tell you all the places to eat, to hike, to visit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just, eating in Hawaii is so good. <laughs> yeah. I just want all the ahi. <laughs> Okay, so for everybody who wants to shop the socks or find you on Instagram, where can everybody find you? Okay, so you can go to my website, upatdawn.co.co. And then my Instagram is at upatdawncompression. So you can find me there. And my website, you can email me from both Instagram or from my website if you have any questions. If you're an entrepreneur or you're just starting up or you have ideas and you don't know where to start, I would totally reach out to me. I don't, maybe don't have the answer, but I would love to help you. Like I, I think networking with other entrepreneurs is key to success. Asking questions, being like, I just asked somebody the other day, this company I love, I'm like, how did you do texting marketing? Cause that seems really like hot right now. So I think, yeah, just network as much as you can reach out to me. If you have questions, I can try to answer them or we can talk it out. I love it. Love it all. Also, follow her Instagram because she's always doing sock giveaways. Yes. I swear, you do so many giveaways. (laughs) So So follow her Instagram because you can probably win a nice little giveaway. Absolutely. And definitely check out our collab. We're going to have that linked in our bio as well. We are just so excited to bring this little sock collaboration to everyone and to share it and to share your story and your company and thank you today for coming on. I mean, this yes, was this was just so much amazing. fun. Yeah. I loved getting to hear more of your like nursing journey. We know you so much from the the entrepreneur, entrepreneur side, but it was cool to yeah. hear your your nurse life. Right. Yeah. Right. Thank you guys for having me. It's been fun. So fun. Yes. Thank you so much, Tesla. Okay, that was amazing. Tesla is amazing. Ugh, we love her. And the excitement around these socks, it's feels surreal to actually be yes. like we have our own sock. That's um, so cool. It's so cool. And of course, you guys head over to the link in our bio. We have it linked in the show notes for you guys. We are so excited for this collab. We cannot wait to see you in them. So Absolutely. please send over your pictures once you get your selfie compression socks. We have them featured over on the IG right now. So you guys can kind of get a sneak peek as to what they look like. So we're so, ah, just, I can't wait. It's so exciting. So cool. We can't wait to see you wearing them. And thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Okay. So let's drop an emoji, of course. Let's do the Hawaiian flower. Yes, Hawaiian flower for sure. Drop the Hawaiian flower. Let us know what you thought. And make sure you guys are following us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all the goodies there, including our socks linked there in the bio. And please download, subscribe, rate, and review. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, drop your IG handle in there. We will be reaching out to you to send you some free stickers and other goodies. We love that. We love that for you. And I will be sending out some swag bags later this week. So get excited. And make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at Nurse Tori. (laughs) And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. 